Welcome. Good morning. This is The Old School, a podcast about contemporary educational issues. I'm Ross Miller, along with Dr. Stephen Bourgeois. Good morning, Herr Dr. Bourgeois. Good morning, Mr. Miller. It's good to be back with you, back on, on firm ground, not driving around Europe, not on cruises or <laughs> whatever. We're, 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 we're back and we're back in business. And this is the second of two podcasts uh, that highlight some of the things that were recorded while we were uh, driving the highways and byways of Europe. And some of these things that you're about to hear uh, are some fairly weighty topics, others not so much, but I think all of them enjoyable, entertaining, thought-provoking. You'll laugh, you'll cry, it'll be a thrill minute. As it was for you, no doubt. I, I was I was thrilled. This <laughs> is really more of a warning because as, as we speak, you're going to be hearing road noise. Yes, um, and, it, and it's going to be infernal, but but it'll only last about forty five minutes. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've all been through worse. Okay, let's 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 uh, let's not get over emotional here, Jim. We've all we've all dealt with worse. So so just picture uh, the two of us screaming through Europe with a me holding the cell phone out and Mr. Miller driving sometimes with one hand, sometimes with no hands, sometimes with one eye closed, that's sometimes right. with both eyes closed. Uh, and, and, and that's how it works. And Here's what the listener should do. Okay. The listener should pretend they're in the back seat. Really? Yes. There's that little level of noise that you're hearing. You don't always think you're hearing everything that's being said in the front seat, but it's enjoyable nevertheless. So put yourself in the back seat of our, Opal SUV, and just imagine the Swiss countryside flying alongside of you and think to yourself, my God, how lucky am I that I get to sit here in this car with these two learned individuals <laughs> and, uh, and be privy to this conversation. It'll be, it'll be almost like they're eavesdropping. It'll be like, or they'll be thinking, <clears throat> how can I get these two idiots to shut up so <laughs> I can listen to the music or be alone with my thoughts, anything with this. You can pray later. Okay? <laughs> Steve will be praying as we talk, and well, then you can pray later. So Now, this, this, this episode will be fine. I think we were on level ground, no, no hills or craziness. No, but nevertheless, interesting. Uh, as always. As always. All right, Herr Miller, we are off. So enjoy. It's relatively calm here on the road. Um, we're driving. Well, we're out of the mountain. Well, we're out of the driving through the mountain. Park. Yeah, it's kind of relaxed. Heading still in Switzerland. I think we're going to cross into Austria for a for a glance, for a sliver of time in Austria, uh, and then just plain old Germany after that. Plain old run-of-the-mill, ordinary seen one part of it you've seen it all okay. germany beautiful beautiful yes quite beautiful lovely people yeah. but germany yeah. so it's heading hard, back hard to go back after switzerland i don't know how we're gonna live with ourselves after what we're seeing right now well it's not like we've never seen mountains before yeah, but we're seeing them all the time and there's always like a flowing stream to the left and the right of us yeah not just a not just a babbling Brooke, no, no, no. But a full-fledged, full-on stream. Yeah, and the mountain, the mountain stream. You can see the end of the water, and you can clear as the mountain. You could drink it right there. You could find. So, but the problem is, debates still rage. Debates. Oh my gosh, 
Did we just pass a Mayflower truck? There's not a. Okay, there, is that, that a Mayflower been, truck? If, if, if no. There's if, no way that's a Mayflower well, truck. If, if you're not in so damn a hurry where you couldn't just slow down and let the Mayflower truck pass us. Let's just do this. Um, you'll have to like, go half as slow, but you can do it. You really thought it said Mayflower on it? I could have swore it said Mayflower oh, on it. Let them catch up. I'm going to write off this entire state, this entire country now. So I'm you're not going to go up. back, are you? No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to assume that it was a Mayflower truck, and I'm going to be outraged. A Mayflower truck in in, in Switzerland. We've, we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. You've taken a whole episode to talk about you your talk childhood trauma. You a whole trauma. episode. It's like you're, five minutes. Yeah, but it was a childhood trauma. It was a childhood but, trauma. But our listeners don't know that you bring it up every time we're together. <laughs> Well, certainly do yeah, not bring it, it up every Mayflower. time. It was Mayflower. There was nothing about that that said Mayflower on it. I don't know. It had the colors. The, why would that, that company suddenly have a truck green over here? and yellow. Okay. So, 30, anyway. 30 seconds to tell the Mayflower story just so we don't sound stupid here. <laughs> no, the Mayflower trucks are the ones you took the Baltimore Colts out of Baltimore. From you. From me, personally. Middle of the night. <laughs> Middle of the night. Broke a kid's heart. Middle of a snowy night. Whole generation of young fans. Emotionally stunted. Okay. That's what we are. So you never do anything to a Mayflower truck except flip it off every time you see it. I flip one off. But like I said, I'm not looking for trouble. I decide so kind of do it under the under the steering wheel or something. Oh. Okay. I'm not looking to start a fight. I'm not okay. a barbarian. That's not the Ross Miller I know. <laughs> but we have bigger problems though. And that is, you have a horrible misunderstanding about certain kinds of food. We just had one of the best sandwiches we've had in this trip. Um, the woman asked us what bread we wanted, what we would like on it. You chose to have basically nothing on it but lettuce. So you got a lettuce and cheese sandwich, is that And right? tomato. And tomatoes. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Well, I had something kind of like a cream cheese on steroids. It had a lot of really good spices in it. But I asked for some meat because I'm a meat eater and uh, some really good salami and it held up it was a, I think the best sandwich during the whole trip alright but the problem is there are other issues one being I don't think you can I don't think you fully appreciate how great a bagel is a bagel? do they even make them here in Switzerland? no no I mean no. you go up and say hey I'd like a bagel this civilization is not advanced enough to have bagels so, well, you think a good bagel is Einstein Brothers? They're, they're, they're the best. You can <laughs> order them. It's just ridiculous. You bring them to your table on a little tray. Uh, put on a little bit of cream cheese. And what's that? Uh, salmon stuff you call it? Lox. Lox. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of caper. I've never had lox on a bagel. I usually just have. I just eat it plain, and my mouth dries out because there's no flavor. And, and that's because you're eating bad there. bagels. That's the I thought that's it how they all work. It has nothing to do with the salmon. It has nothing to do with the salmon. It's about the bagel. So, and okay. I will admit, yeah. I will admit, I'm a bagel snob. Yeah, you're a, you're a snob. I'm a snob because I grew up on the real thing. I grew up surrounded by the real thing. And so when I see Einstein Brothers... It's not like a personal affront. I don't care if people like that stuff or not. It's just not bagels. It's like people who get crazy about deep dish pizza. It's fine. It's just not pizza. It's a different food, but it's, it's great. 
No, I mean, you guys, yeah, it's great. It's no, fun. that's great. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Well, I, I can remember the best bagel I ever had. Yeah. It was in Indianapolis. <laughs> it, was, it was just spot on. Stupid. What? There's no way. Yeah, I was. I've been there like two or three, actually There's three times no now. Way you Every time I go out of my way to get a bagel, because it's just to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we took a video in Indianapolis, and my, you weren't my eating a bagel though. No, but I was saying we love it here. This place is great. You and your lovely daughter. Yeah. So they're making videos. In essence, mocking me, teaching your lovely daughter, it's okay, it's only Ross, have fun. The Colts moved to Indianapolis, <laughs> they should be your team. Peyton Manning should be your quarterback. Peyton Manning? Well, I mean, right now you've, you've disowned your franchise. You know what happened? No. I didn't leave the Colts. The Colts <laughs> left me. This is not what we should be talking about. I mean, bagel, we, we transitioned naturally with the brot, and we're eating really good Swiss bread. We're eating really good bread. Yeah. But, but what's this have to do with football? And what does that have to do with football? I mean, you're kind of making this, again, this is how you do it. You have a opening and you bring up bagels you know, because we're eating bread. And then it's about the Colts again. This is how he does it. You brought up the Colts. I didn't bring up <laughs> I was doing it just to bug you because I knew there's a pain point and I... I and this is why this conversation is ridiculous, because you know you're wrong. You're just sitting there jerking my chain. You know I've never done that before. <laughs> None of that around here. So, I, I, I don't buy it. And you don't eat the little donuts. Do I, you eat the little donuts? I, I, I avoid sweets at all costs. They're not even that sweet. Well, you, you don't even taste them because you, like, eat them whole. So how do you taste a donut that you eat whole? Well, you eat them whole, but you're still chewing. You're still tasting the donuts. With the powdered sugar on it, that kind of No, donut. you don't eat those. So what are you talking about? I'm like talking about like the little chocolate ones. Or oh. like the little, uh, the little kind of the, yeah. kind of the brown, crusty kind of... Cinnamony thing? Something, yeah. Okay. It's eat like, those. It's like the worst pastry between the two... Um, and, and again, we're in, the, well, we're, we're in the land of real pastries, but I mean, you I'm know, not comparing it. I'm just simply saying you like them. You like to eat them whole. And I eat them whole. But the like so them sweet. is kind of a strong word. But they're so sweet. I mean, but they're here, not that sweet. I, this is why I can actually eat pastries in Europe because they're not as sweet. No. You know, they don't really sweeten them. Are we supposed to be on on uh, oh, on point two point two miles? Good call. Um, What's that? No, no, 1.4 miles. We're going to Melz and Polizei. It says that. Why would it say go to the put to the police? Probably because they're, the phone's offended by your comments. Um, no, that would never happen. Exit 50. Exit um, 50. Yeah. Going uh, towards... Some place I know. Sargans? I'm sure that's exactly how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, there it is. I, I prefer to say Sargon. Are we in Fran France? Or? We're not in the French part okay. of Switzerland. Okay, but yeah. So we're getting. We're See, it says sign on the sign. Yes, but I don't think we're going to the police. No, we're going to. It's happened to be at this exit. But why would we take exit 50? It seems like. Oh, that's what they said. Is what? that what the thing is saying? No, I can't hear that because you're talking. Uh, we're taking Mel's exit 50. All right, we're yeah. taking 50. You well, still don't know anything about bagels. You and, know you don't know and, and there's a truck in front of us that doesn't say Mayflower. It's written in, in some strange That's language. That's the truck I was talking about, though. 
doesn't count. Well, let me tell you something. We're going to look this up later. Mayflower and Switzerland. Or just the European division. Is there a European division? <laughs> Why would they need a European division? I mean, we've been driving around these mountains. Who would want to drive a moving truck here? And nobody moves here. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they stay in their home for 50 years and hand it down in generations. That's true. They do do that. A lot of moving. I've seen that happen. Imagine but trying to buy property and build a house. It would take you years of bureaucracy to... But we have been talking about how to do that. Which direction are we going? Um, we're taking a left in a 900 feet to Sankt Gallen in Chur. Did we take our own turn and then they, they redirected us? I don't know. You distracted me. Um... No, we're going to be, what do we call it when we go to the left? Bearing to the left? We're going to do a little... Is it a jog? We're doing a jog, yeah, to the left in 100 feet. Listen, I don't care what my wife says. No one says jog. It's a British thing. Then how did my how did my wife... Because she's, she's cooler than we are. We, we just say we're going to bear. We're going to bear to the right. Yeah, to the yeah the jog is cool. I like it. Right. Um, so anyway... We got more. We got more food arguments we need to hash out. I don't know if now is the right time. I don't know. I mean, we're we're surrounded by the scenic beauty, and you want to talk about bagels? I I think a I think a Greek bagel would be a perfect accompaniment to. You would actually order a bagel here, right now, if they had them, right this second. I will say it'd be a toss-up if they had the if they had the little breads with the uh, pumpkin seeds on it. You like that? I do like Does those. it have a name? Or is it just called... It's a Kürbisbrötchen. Kürbisbrötchen. But if, if they had that, then that, that would be a tough call because I can get bagels at home. But Now, are we going towards St. Gallen? 13? Um, yeah, 13. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's it. And we're at, it's exit 11, so we're We might see that Mayflower truck if it's still heading in this direction. It's no such thing here. <laughs> You're, you're in this delusional world that you've created. Don't say um, that. Okay. It makes well. me feel uncertain about myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't don't be a jerk. Uh, we've been we've, we've gotten along relatively well for these eleven days. Relatively. Yeah. Suddenly we turn on each other. <laughs> start picking at each other. <laughs> an old married couple. <laughs> well, most people that we ran into this this past couple weeks probably already thought we were married, so I guess it's oh. it makes sense if we start just devolving into squabbles and spats. Yeah, that's sort of fun. It's like, you know what it's like? No. So there's a comedian named Nate Bargatze. Nate who? Nate Bargatze. Nate? Nate. Nate. Okay. As in Nathaniel. Um, anyway, he talked about the fact that there's two kinds of marriage fights. There's the fights that you have when you're in the single digits of marriage years, like yeah. the toilet paper, how they fold your towels. That oh, sort of thing. that happens in the first couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. And then there's the there's the double digit arguments. Okay. Where ninety percent of them they turn out all right, they're fine. Ten percent the cops get called. Oh know? my gosh! So. <laughs> what neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> <laughs> I th- well, I tell you, we had uh, so I, I used to live in an apartment in Baltimore when I was a kid, and there was these people that lived uh, kind of across the way from us. Their balcony faced our balcony, 
and it seemed like on clockwork, every Friday night, those two people would just have these knockdown, drag out arguments. They'd scream and they'd cuss at each other. And my whole family, it started out with just me and my sisters, but my whole family would eventually just go out to the patio on every Friday night. It was like Masterpiece Theater. They just listen. Wait, wait for the cops to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was your Friday night entertainment. That was my Friday night entertainment. We were watching the neighbors fight. So, wow. That's the kind of upbringing I had. So, well, oh my goodness, you know where we are? Trubuck. It says right there on the side. No, no. No? We are, I believe, we're coming up on Liechtenstein. So, yes. Uh, so, okay, so we're, we're going to be in Liechtenstein twice. Solidify our, our our residence there. Residence, but uh, certainly. I've, I mean, I've thought back. I've had second thoughts about Italy, um, wondering if we can actually count it. Um, well, technically we can. The problem yeah. was, is the experience. Yeah, you wouldn't say I'll remember my time in Italy. Yes, uh, I can because I've had more experience in Italy than you have. Well, but. But we were there. We walked around. We spent a good amount of time walking. Yeah, we walked around a little bit, but... Uh, well... So this is... Uh, I bet you're our Swiss host or somewhere over there. Do you think I'm on the... On, so on the mountain over there is Liechtenstein? Yeah. And then above, across the mountain, would be Austria. Austria. Yeah. Over the ridge and through the woods. So could you live here? We, we talk a little bit about this. We see all these quaint little villages. Could you picture yourself among them? In Liechtenstein? Well, anywhere. In, in the past two or three days, places we've visited. There's definitely some places I can see myself living in. I think it would be important that there was a decent-sized city, say, within a couple hours from me. Yeah. But I think I could live here. I mean, just look at this. I mean, this is ridiculous how gorgeous this is. you got these houses that look to be clinging to the side of a mountain. I mean, it, it looks like it wouldn't take much for that whole slab of earth to just come right down. You think about that kind of thing? Uh, I, I guess it could. Well, look at look uh, how they're situated. I mean, they're, well, sit, they're basically almost perpendicular. You see, That's not the right word. Well, whatever it is, I, I, I would prefer to be down closer... Uh, where you look up and see that, but you're on a, one of those mountain lakes, like in Sils Moria. Um, you wouldn't want to be further up? No, I want to be able to look up, and I want to be able to just step out of my home and walk around those lakes and think and sit on the benches. Under. I don't know. I think I'd like to be like up, like way up, um, like at the top up. That's a Maserati. It's a Maserati. Yeah, that's what you do. You say, oh, crap, that's a Maserati. You pass it, and then you have the experience. Yeah, not uh, quite the same experience as, uh, say, a Mayflower truck. But, uh, no, that, that was a beautiful, beautiful car. Oh, shoot. What? Uh, oh, no you're taking evasive action. Taking evasive action. We're in one lane behind a Mayflower truck. Um, and the problem is, we've talked about this before, it seems like that the construction crews on highways... They're very minimalistic. They do not want to put up or do anything more than they have to do. That's right. So like advanced signs saying, hey. No, just here it is. Here it is. Uh, you, you got it. So, um, anyway. Well, we didn't talk much about our destination yesterday after uh, 
after going to Italy, we, we spent some time back in Sils Maria to go to the Nietzsche house. And, uh, and did you enjoy that? Was it everything you hoped it would be? Well, I was, I was picturing to see his, you know, Nietzsche's family, distant relatives, hanging around drinking coffee and say, oh, I remember Friedrich. Come on in, Steve. Something like that. No, it just, uh, there was a lot of text, you know, on the displays. Yes. And, I mean, I've been studying this for years, so you see these... You probably already do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the other thing, I had this technical issue because I was wearing my distance glasses, and, and so I could take those off and, and read up close. I had to go like three inches from there, yeah. but I should have brought the, brought the middle distance 18-inch readers, so I kind of gave up a little bit there, but we did get to go upstairs, and I think that was certainly the high point. Um, that's so, a lot to get, that's a lot to juggle. Yeah. Three different types of glasses. Well, normally I just I'm at the computer all day, so there's no no problem. No. Um, no, I have I have one pair, but then I use my own eyes to read, and then I use the. Uh, you can use distance. your bare eyes and read. I can. Yeah, it's, it's rather close, but I can I can do it. Um, but as we climbed up the stairs, it, it, it was clearly we talked to the gentleman working there. Yeah. And he said, yeah, finish upstairs because that's going to be the big. Yeah, and it was a room. Um, it had furniture, not from when he was there exactly, but from the hotel around the corner. Right. And so, the, so it was it was legit, but, but it wasn't the same feeling as being, say, where Goethe wrote, where you see the actual desk. Martin um, Luther. Yeah, Martin Luther. Same same thing. Um, but we did get the idea of his um, circumstances, and he had a a bed, a wash basin, a desk you know, with a lamp on it. I'm sure books screwed about, but pretty austere. Uh, and isn't it strange that all of these people whose writing spaces we have visited, yeah. they are very similar to one another. That's it. There's a desk, there's natural lighting, and nothing else. Uh, and the, <clears throat> there's also the opportunity to walk. Okay. I mean, if you look at Martin Heidegger, you know, it's about walking and then going in there without distractions. Uh, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was cool to see the room. Now, I will say that I thought the rest of the museum was a little underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but to see that room, to see that space, to make the connection between it and what we have seen with Martin Luther and others, uh, Heidegger, I think it's quite telling. You know, if you look at how do ideas develop, what's required, what's needed for the best ideas to come to you. you know, and not everyone rolls the same way, but it's interesting that these guys kind of suffers. Yeah, yeah what, it just doesn't what work. What exactly would that inspire? Um, I don't know, but I mean, you can have a vibrant mental life anywhere. It doesn't really matter. I mean, people sure. can be in a jail cell and that's some pretty good writing at first. Sure. I don't know, personally. That goes back to our original comparison of Martin Luther and Nietzsche and the rest. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I think it's telling the difference between Heidegger and Nietzsche. Heidegger was among the peasants. You know, he liked, liked that. So he was in a farm community, with, but not completely removed from civilization. There was a very small town there where he could socialize. And, and Nietzsche was essentially in a resort town. Um, so among people, but he was more of a loner, so I can imagine him taking these long, long walks and people are wondering, who is he, what is he doing? A little bit awkward. 
But can you give Heidegger credit for living in farming communities if he did not appreciate much of what farmers did? Oh, he did. No, he was among them. I mean, that's, he, lived, he lived that lifestyle. And that's what he, he, uh, he, he was much more comfortable there than in Freiburg because he, he was a professor and, yeah. had, and he still had a second house you know, in town. And then, but he would spend most of his time at the hut, the Hütte. Pizza Hut? We don't need to do cheap <laughs> humor. Um, the fact is, I, I climbed a very steep mountain. You did? Uh, trespassing, no less, uh, to get within a, not even a stone's throw, but a little underhanded toss to the hut, which is under private ownership from the family, from the this Heidegger video, family. This video could be evidence in a later trial well, about your trespassing. I just took a very short one, uh, hearing me kind of panting as I climbed up uh, the last steps. But but it was uh, we did a pilgrimage. You know, you don't often get to tell people we're on a pilgrimage. Yes, that's true. Uh, it's, it's a word that's lost some meaning because nobody does it anymore. Um, and the people who do do it, however, tend to do it for more ecclesiastical reasons. Uh, but our efforts, I guess, were more of a intellectual effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and so I'm trying to think where where next you know, well, after this, because this was on my list. You know, both of these places, particularly Sils Maria and Switzerland, for, for 25 years uh, to walk in those steps. Well, I have been with Frau. <laughs> Laughing. You don't call your, uh, your, your, your my okay. wife. Yeah. Okay. Also in okay. German known as the Frau. <laughs> okay. But uh, but she and I have been to Greece, and you start hanging out in places where very important thinkers have occupied spaces that you've occupied. So you have those same types of thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think to walk in the steps of Socrates to go in a different direction to walk in the steps of, say, Paul because Paul had his famous sermon about the invisible God in Athens and so to be able to make, take those steps and to and, I, and I've always done this whether the people I'm thinking about are quote-unquote important or not I just think about the generations the centuries of people who walk the same steps I have and it makes you feel like you're a part of it. It's kind of a connectivity that you experience. And so it's something I always think about. I think about I think about the people who lived where I'm staying, or maybe the people who have fought for something. You know, if I'm visiting a battleground, for example, Normandy. You go to Normandy, you can't help but think about holy cow, all the people that died here, you know. So, so, so as a historian, do you think there's something different about Americans and how we experience that than, than say, Germans? Um, we've talked a little bit about this in, in the past. And, um, we have a keen interest in, in the actual spot, you know, where things happened. Um, we we were, were you, I think you were with me, um, maybe maybe not, you know, in Berlin above the bunker of, of, of Hitler at the. I'm in the, the war. 
but it was just a little sign, you know. It was just a. It wasn't even a memorial. Oh, by the way. Yeah, it was just just there. And who was there? You know, standing around, a couple of people on their bikes. They were uh, British people and Americans, and a, and a guy from Australia. And, and so we talked a little bit about it. And they said basically the Germans don't have this type of curiosity for place because they're surrounded by so much. Um, and it's a different mindset. Is that, is that something that you've thought about? Well, I think, I think everybody suffers from that. You ask a Berliner how much he gives thought to the history made in Berlin. Yeah. Or you ask a person in Austin, Texas, how much do they think about the history there? How much do they think about the namesake of that town? People in San Antonio, how much how much do they think about the Alamo? So I think that's like a natural human thing that we tend to become desensitized to that which is around us. And I think it has to be a very intentional individual that keeps that in mind. You know, so I mean I think that that's just as likely to happen in Germany as it is to happen in the United States. And so I don't I don't uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say any one group of people have a better grasp or appreciation of that. Now, what would be interesting is to gauge how much people know about the town in which they live. You know, so maybe you don't think about the history anymore, you don't think about the impact of the history anymore, but maybe at some point you learned it. And the question is, do you remember it? Is it important for you to retain it? You know, that would be something to talk about as well. So when we uh, announce to our German friends, say in a pub or a restaurant, what we're doing, uh, you know, in, in the past they've, they've looked at us like, what, what are you doing? You know, some of our trips, you know, we've, we've gone to, because I think that there, you know, in the Rhine Valley, that's a destination. Right. And so why, they're, they're, first of all, they're thinking, why would you do a, a second trip anywhere? You know, and so one time we, we went to the former East Germany to the beautiful city of Halle, and they looked at us like, what? <laughs> you know, like, what, you're going to Halle? Uh, I think the question we heard most was, why? Yeah, it's like saying, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to say another American city that that would be comparable, but we, we love Halle. Detroit. <laughs> okay, you, you, you don't mind saying it, you just insulted my home state of Michigan uh, without even thinking about it. Um, Cleveland. Okay. So, with the, we didn't really talk a lot about this little pilgrimage. I mean, we kept it on the down low a little bit. We didn't broadcast. We're going to go see the place where Martin Heidegger wrote uh, Being in Time. And we're going to go to where Nietzsche wrote his, his mature works for the last six years of his life. Uh, would they find that type of a pilgrimage odd? Uh, or would, would they understand it? I think when you're talking about you know, making a pilgrimage to a place of intellectual development does not have, it doesn't resonate the same as if I said, if we said we're going to go to famous battlefields of World War I or we're going to go to, I don't know, whatever else you might think of that might represent more tangible history. Right. And so I don't think there would be too many people that would look at that and say, you know what, that makes complete sense to me. I would do the same thing. Um, I think most people might scratch their head a bit on that topic. It's quite a long ways to go to 
find places really where people had thoughts. Yes. You know, so they, in fact, that, that, that was the big moment for the Nietzsche investigation that we did was to find a, a rock, a stone that where he, he, he characterizes that as being the spot where he came up with the idea of the eternal recurrence, and which was central to everything that came later for him in his philosophy. Question is, could you could you think? I have an idea in mind. Yeah. Can you think of an equivalent place in the United States of intellectual development, a single spot that would be akin to what we've done here? Maybe the the closest would be Walton Pond. You know, somebody would would go there to see where Thoreau was, and it's a well-known enough that people would understand you. Oh, you're going to go to Walden Pond. Walden was one place I thought of. Yeah. Philadelphia is another place. Just the whole city itself? Especially, you know, Constitution Hall. You know, the arguments about what good government means and what it should include. You know, the, the incorporation of Enlightenment ideas to that endeavor. So I think Philadelphia would be a place that could hold a candle to some of the places we've been to. So you like going to Philadelphia? You've been there before. Oh, I like Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to see there. There's a lot to do. Yeah. Not least of which is, yeah, the kind of thing you know, institution, uh, Constitution Hall, the Liberty Bell. Uh, now, they're sports fans, they're barbarians, but I mean... But the as barbarians? As, yeah, as far as the city itself goes. Specifically the, the hockey team, the Flyers, or what, what, what do you... Well, they're not as... Well, they could be as bad. I don't know. I haven't, been, I haven't been to a Flyers game. I've been to an Eagles game. And they were just downright nasty? They're just horrible people, <laughs> you know? Now, they may, they, may be, they may be lovely folks on Monday through Saturday, but Sunday... With a couple of beers on them, yeah, and a Eagles jersey, a tad bit too small. That's <laughs> angry folks that you end up dealing with. Yeah. Um, well, when I was there, it was Three Rivers, not Three Rivers, uh, Veteran Stadium. It's the old Veteran Stadium, the old cookie cutter AstroTurf so, stadium. So you, um, Herr Miller, would not wear your colors from, say, Dallas. Would you wear a Dallas Cowboys jersey? Yeah. I, I wouldn't wear that out of principle, but I certainly wouldn't wear it in Philadelphia. Okay. Well, I mean, that that's tells just like, me something. Yeah. Well, it's just like uh, it's like a deer that has a bullseye birthmark on its chin or something. You know, it's like uh, it's like a far it's an old far side <laughs> cartoon thing. I just why, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? You know. So no, I wouldn't do that. Did you notice during this trip, we've been, and we spent a lot of time with others. We weren't just traveling together, but we had had some hosts, uh, particularly earlier in the in the visit. But anytime you or I brought up, mainly you, um, soccer, football, um, didn't matter if it was a man, woman, or child, they were on it, and, and they would they they inter- interacted immediately, rose to the question, and there was about a ten minute conversation using names and very specific about uh, local team, national team, everything in between. I, I, I think it, a lot of it has come down to how long it's been around. 
as much as people have pontificated and prognosticated about the death of baseball, I think the fact that baseball has been around longer than any other sport in the United States allows for it to have some amount of you know, authenticity, legitimacy, I think maybe soccer in Europe holds a similar place. You're comparing baseball and soccer? From a historical and cultural perspective, yes. The two sports are not the same. Okay. You might be... Well, I thought we were talking about soccer, and then immediately we were talking about baseball again. Well, you know, baseball can be tied into a lot of things. Yeah. It came up in conversation. They didn't know much about baseball here. Well, why would they? Well, you, you seem to bring it up to them, too, quite often. Well, no, it's not played here. You know, yeah. It's not. Uh, uh, take a right. Uh, second exit. Second exit. Second St. Gallen. St. Gallen. Yeah. There's a beautiful church in St. Gallen. Really? Yeah, my wife and I went there on our honeymoon. Do you need to recreate that? Not the honeymoon, but the, the visit to the St. Gallen? Certainly not <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. No, well, I mean, we don't need to go back, but well, I'm just saying. Uh, it's so. as uh, beautiful a church as the Miskirche. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely church. And, you, you, uh, you can't compare any church to the Beast Kitch. Just, no, that's just so you know, it's like this gem in the middle of this field, this meadow, and this little church in Bavaria. And the thing that makes it even more astounding is that the outside of that church looks so plain. Yeah. It's flat walls. There's no ornamentation. No adornment. Nothing about that church from the outside that looks like it's anything other than a poor parish church. And you open it up, and there's gold, and it's baroque, and it's uh, it's gaudy, is what it is. It is, but it's beautiful. Yeah, so you can't compare. You bring that up, and but Saint Gallen's does have a little bit of that gaudiness to it too. We're taking exit two, by the way. To says to Winchen. We're not going to Munich, are we? Exit 2? Um, exit 2 in 1.4 miles, so oh, okay. you can pass this uh, moving truck. It's uh, a non-Mayflower well. truck. <laughs> We're going to pass this. <laughs> so, no, I think, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, trendy to kind, of, you, know, to, you know, well, not just trendy, I mean, it, it starts historically that the Americans have always been considered anti-intellectual. I think that that's a moniker placed on us by the British. Jerks. But we kicked twice, I oh should ask you. And yeah. we bailed them out two yeah. other times. You need to settle down now, my dog. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so, but I think, uh, I, I think that there is a lot of intellectual development and curiosity among Americans. And I think that they would, you know, if it was something that they could, they could, uh, they can make connections with. I think the people in the United States would be just as interested. Um, I think Germans' ambivalence towards those two uh, take it right, yeah. has more to do with some other factors. I think you would agree. Because both men, rightly or wrongly, have been connected with some of the more shameful bits of German history. Yeah. And so I, I think that's part of, part of the reason why you know, maybe a German would feel different about Schiller than they would than what? Than Nietzsche and Heidegger. Nietzsche and Heidegger. Um, so. But um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, political uh, 
controversy for, for both of them. Right. Which is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't say that. It says Solstrasse. It's rerouting. We definitely took a wrong turn there. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you were pointing like John Wayne there. Whoa, I thought we were heading towards no, St. Gallons. No, it says merge onto 13. So I don't think this is a bad umweg. Okay, so okay. this is not... Um, well, hell, I'm sorry. No, no. Um, we should have had the woman speaking. Wow. <laughs> this um, is probably more interesting than what we're doing. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I think when, you know, I think the kind of weird glances we get about Heidegger and Nietzsche has doesn't have so much to do with the idea of the two men and their philosophies themselves, but the sometimes dubious connections that are made between them and uh, Nazism and that sort of thing. Yeah. Just a whole long, long conversation, probably something we won't get into. Sure. Uh, but, but just so you know, we're on the right route. We're heading oh, to, so right. to it again. Well, you, you were lucky, is what you were. I wasn't lucky. It's, a, it's an innate, intuitive sense of the right direction. Now, I don't have that in any other <laughs> aspects of my life. <laughs> just, but, just driving. But yeah. I'm behind the wheel. I sometimes have a pretty good sense of direction. So I have no direction. Oh, you're going to turn, exit 86. So, yeah, you're going to take this to again. So, okay. let this BMW. See, I have no no sense of direction without this phone. I'm talking tough, but I once got lost on a train. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the bathroom, and then I kept going in that same direction. I couldn't find my, so my 86? people. 86? Yeah, 86. Okay. Exit 86 to Bergen. To be fair, to 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 uh, uh, to be fair to my to me. Oh. <laughs> since you do have the phone yeah. and you do have the map. Yeah. Your lack of communication, we need to go there, might have helped in leading us astray from time to time. Well, you, you say these absurd things and you distract me. <laughs> you start talking about baseball or something that's completely off topic. You bring it up. I'll tell you something. The historian by the name of Gerald Early oh my gosh. once said that 200 years from now, first exit, 2,000 years from now, when the United States is studied, three things will be mentioned: <laughs> the Constitution, okay, okay, jazz music, yes, and baseball. So two out of three, not bad. No. Uh, take this exit. I'm taking it. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Okay. And I and I, I wholeheartedly agree. I was ready to disagree with you on every point. Well, that's because, two of them. You know? Baseball. No, I, I, I think he might have something there because it is. Well, like unique. I said, it wasn't my idea, but it was. You know, he, this guy Gerald Early was the guy who said it. Okay. But, uh, it's, it's good that you cite people during our podcast because it would be tempting to take the words as your own. Um, that's, that would be very unhistorical, like of me. That's you know, true. As an historian. Uh, attribute sources you uh, refer to them. It says in point two miles you take Grenzstrasse, Border Street, to, okay. towards Bregenz, which uh, right or left? Uh, I can't tell you that. Uh, <laughs> that, to, would, that would be telling. That's right. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's to the right. To the right. Uh, and where is it? Uh, like down. I, uh, you just take a right. I think you. I'm taking. Is, it, is this a jog to the right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just take the. Taking it. I don't know the why we're God, I'm taking it. Just settle down. Is this that church you were talking about? Is this St. Gallen? 
Are we in St. Gallen? I don't know, but it's an onion dome. And Here's the uh, Republic Österreich. Oh, we're going to another. Do you have your passport? Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> passport but, controller. Okay, once it again. Not, yeah. It does not appear to be anybody it's interested too. in checking our credentials. Can you wave to anybody? I'm waving this way. Just wave. Just wave. Okay, so we're in Austria now. We're in Austria. So, Although we've been to Austria before. Well, yeah, but not on this trip. Not on this trip. This um, is the, okay, am I following Brigens? Um, we're going, taking to the right, 202. 202? Yeah. Is that right here? Yeah. Okay. It heads towards Brigens. Is it Brigens or Brigens? Brigens. I'm pretty darn sure. Don't be indignant. You don't know. Well, why would you change the accent for no reason, just for that one word? You're a... <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is it could be Brigens. It could be Brigens. This, this is where the pianist Keith Jarrett made a solo con uh, concert in, in, the, in the Keith Jarrett town. Great, Jared, we should say. Um, we're going to go... It's all right. Oh, quiet. First exit, uh, and, and you can let me off now. <laughs> uh, why is this person backing you? I don't know what to do. <laughs> um, so 600 first, feet. Okay, uh, so the first exit... Yeah, it's called uh, Bruggerstrasse. That should be a place where you should live. Brugger? Brugger. B-R-U-G-G. Yeah. I could see you living on a place like Bruggerstrasse. I want to live on a place where you can name your own street. <laughs> what, like would you, what would you call it? If you had, are you talking about like Millerstrasse? Millerstrasse, that 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 has That's a good right. flow. That <laughs> be just the name for it. <laughs> that would have a good flow. Now right. it wouldn't work as good in English, Miller Street. It no. just doesn't flow. No, right. it's like a beer. I mean, bourgeois boulevard. What do you think? It's pretentious, but okay. Well, that I mean, would fit for me. One hundred feet here. Okay, good. First exit, yeah. First exit, okay. Now, these good. people have the right way. Yeah, yeah. I got it. So. Did you just wave at that woman with the... With the stroller? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was fearing for her life and that of her baby. She seemed like she needed a friendly wave. You're trying to bring the wave back to, to Germany. Just kind well, of a it friendly... It begs the question if the wave was ever in Germany. But I have been occasionally waving at people driving tractors they all seem to be up for it so yeah, you, you i don't know if that's a thing in the in germany or well, you, switzerland you, you, you sometimes wave at the police i know you do that back home i then, do that just in case i get in trouble and i do that. <laughs> oh, that's a nice guy that waved at me maybe i won't give him a ticket today and and they, they've never waved back oh yeah they wave back really yeah okay i mean some don't you know the one with the mirrored sunglasses oh, with the mirrored on the inside. yeah yeah, yeah. You're taking exit 2000 or 203 Hagstrasse. Exit 2000? No, it's the first exit on another one of those okay. traffic circles. Or You've definitely got to a point circle, recording circles of hell. Well, I've lost interest in the conversation too. Point point five miles and uh, right. another tractor. Give me the wave. Let's see. Yeah, nothing. Well, I'm not even. I. Well, the problem is, I it. it I waited too late. We're in the town of Bruggerhorn. I'll take your word for it. Um, well. So shall we say for the moment, I do? Uh, I guess so. I, I had a lot more to say. Okay, well, let's go. Let's uh, hear it. No, I'm kidding. Um, we're going to hit pausa. Okay.